This is episode number 116 with Eskil Nordhaug of the Founder Podcast. What you need is thirst. You need to be a thirsty human. Who is intent on learning. It's a really fascinating, fascinating exploration of human potential. Now. Now. now, the Founder Podcast. Even the greatest entrepreneurs had help. If you want to learn from the most successful founders on the planet, you are in the right place. Branson, Mark Cuban, Tony Robbins, Tim Ferriss, Ariana Huffington, Seth, Steve Case, Gary V, Sophia Amoroso, Robert Corcoran, Damon John. Learn from the greatest minds in business today with interviews hosted by Nathan Chan. This is not your average entrepreneur podcast. The Founder Podcast. Hey guys, thank you so much for tuning in. Before we start today's episode, I just want to let you know that our goal at Founder is to help entrepreneurs succeed however we can by giving away high quality content in the form of interviews, blog posts, podcasts, YouTube videos, you name it. We put out so much content to help you. And another interesting project that we're working on right now is partnering with world-class founders like Damon John, Alexa Von Tobel, Greta Van Riel, and so many more to teach crucial skills like negotiation, finance, e-commerce, and so much more. So if you'd like to get access to these free trainings with founders like this, which is 100% free, just go to founder.com forward slash free. Okay, so now let's talk about today's episode. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Founder Podcast. My name is Nathan Chan and I'm your host coming to you live from Melbourne, Australia. So I hope uh, the Founder family and all of our fellow community members are having an awesome week. We've got some really, really exciting things planned. So... First of all, there's going to be a bit of a mix-up in the kind of content that we're going to be producing for you guys over the next six to seven weeks. And the reason why we're doing this is, if you didn't know yet, we're working on this amazingly designed, beautifully crafted, the best content from the past three and a half years, the best interviews, the best gold that we've extracted from Richard Brantz and Ariana Huffington, Barbara Corcoran, David John, Tim Ferriss, you name it, into this amazing coffee table book. Now, it's not like your usual coffee table book. It's going to be one that's jam-packed with amazing content. And I know you guys are going to love it. If you enjoy this podcast, you would absolutely love this book. So we're going to mix these up. And what we're actually going to do for the next six to seven weeks is to produce a crowdfunding-based series of episodes. So what that means is over the next few weeks, you will start to hear from super successful people or startup founders that have raised a lot of money and made a significant impact on Kickstarter or Indiegogo and well achieved their funding goal or target from a crowdfunding campaign. And you can see, you know, how I'm interviewing them, the answers that we're trying to look for to make sure our our campaign is super successful. Because the thing is, with this book that we're creating, we're crowdfunding it and we're going to launch a Kickstarter campaign. And I know nothing about this. Me and the guys in the founder team, none of us know anything about crowdfunding. So we've gone out and interviewed some of the best in the world to find out what it takes. And you guys can follow along. 
So that's what we're doing. I hope that you're going to enjoy this little six-part series over the coming weeks. And please pencil in November 15th. Why should you pencil in November 15th? That is when our Kickstarter campaign is going live for Founder version 1.0. And it's the ultimate guide. It's going to be the best startup advice packed into this beautifully designed book you've ever read, you've ever seen. So I'm really, really pumped about it. If you want to know more, if you want to find out when this campaign goes live, if you want to get the early bird discounts and be the first in line, make sure you sign up at foundermag, F-O-U-N-D-R-M-A-G.com forward slash book. All right, so now let's talk about today's guest. His name is Eskil Nordhag, and uh, he created a company called Stable Cam, and he raised over $123,000 and uh, yeah, he, he quadrupled, you know, he was only looking to raise around 30, 40 grand and uh, he absolutely smashed his campaign. He shares a ton of gold, a ton of stuff that you'll see that we're going to be implementing in our campaign. So guys, when you're listening to this episode, it will be two weeks away from the founder version 1.0 Kickstarter campaign. So please do make sure you sign up and I hope you enjoy this episode. Now let's jump into the show. So can you just give the audience a little bit of a run through about StableCam and, and how it works and what, what it is? All right. So uh, the product is uh, called StableCam. It's S-T-A-Y-B-L-C-A-M. Uh, and it's basically a video stabilizer for uh, smartphones like the iPhone or Android phones. And actually also works with the, the GoPro cameras and, and other action cameras as well. Um, it's not a it's not an electronic device, but it's a mechanical stabilizer that you can hold in your hand and uh, capture really steady video, basically with your phone or you know action camera. So um, it kind of is a product for the consumer market. It's not like a you know professional grade uh, stabilizer that you know often cost hundreds or thousands of dollars sometimes. Mm. It's uh, you know a seventy five dollar product that's uh, meant for you know the average guy who uh, just wants to make some you know nice looking videos. So that's basically what the product is. And um, yeah, I came up with the idea a couple of years ago and I decided to try to make a, you know, a prototype in, in my garage and uh, started testing some versions of it. And it actually worked quite well. And I decided to, uh, you know, see if I can take it to production with, uh, you know, using any crowdfunding campaign to see if, if people wanted this thing. I see. And what are the key attributes for a product or service that you think uh allow someone to successfully fund a crowdfunding project yeah so i think a lot of i mean there's a lot of lot of products now going on on these crowdfunding sites and uh, uh, i think the most successful ones generally speaking are the ones that you know they meet and there's a need for it you know there's something that people can see that it actually solves a problem you know it's not just some fancy weird thing that's just made for the sake of being made it's actually the products of you know they solve a problem they they have a function people can see right away that this is you know something that they could use or um, could you know make their daily life better or could improve some part of their life somehow and uh, also you know something that's people want to share with their friends and, and you know something that's easy to share on social media people want to talk about it people want to share it and those types of products I think generally will do uh, better than uh, you know, just a random, <laughs> uh, you know, weird product that's just made for, for the sake of, uh, you know, making money because it's not just about making money. It's, not, it's actually about, you know, creating value for for uh, users out there. So 
I think those are really key components. Of course, it helps to have a you know stylish, nice design, of course, too, and have a, something that looks good. And also, you know, that doesn't something that's not too expensive to to produce or not overly complex. Although there are some Kickstarter campaigns that are done really well that are very com uh, complex products. But uh, I think in general, yeah, if it's not not too complicated and it's you know pretty functional, it meets a, a need, solves a problem, and it's uh, worth for people to share and talk about. Then I think uh, you have a great chance of succeeding. Yeah, hey, that was a great answer. And when it comes to choosing a platform, which how did you decide between at a Kickstarter and Indiegogo? Yes, I was actually considering that. Uh, actually, before I even considered those two, I was looking at doing it myself because there are some uh, self-serve platforms as well that you can set up on your own uh, server and stuff like that. Oh. Uh, yeah, there are some out there. And, uh, you know, there's there's pros and cons to everything. And the reason I just decided against that and decided, you know, to go with Kickstarter was mainly because of the exposure you get. Because, I mean, let's face it, Kickstarter is the most <laughs> well-known uh, crowdfunding platform these days. Indiegogo is pretty big also, but, you know, we can't deny the fact that uh, Kickstarter really has, you know, it's the, well, it's the most well-known. Um, when people say Kickstarter, you know immediately what you're talking about. Mm. And um, I mean, Indiegogo is, 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 is great. It's just that they may not have that same, you know, level of exposure uh, in the media, perhaps, or uh, media recognition to some extent. At least that was my impression. And when I did some research on that, it seemed like, um, it just seemed like the better choice. Now, of course, the other, the benefit of using Indiegogo is that you don't have to meet your goal. I mean, you can set a goal uh, for your funding, and if you don't meet that goal uh, with Indiegogo, you can actually still you'll still get whatever people have you know pledged for your campaign. Whereas on Kickstarter, that's not the case. They actually you have to, you actually have to meet your goal there on Kickstarter to um, to get the funds. So that's one thing to consider also when you when you're thinking about uh, a platform. Mm. And how long did it take for you to plan your project? Like, how long did it take to prepare for the campaign, I guess? Yeah, I, uh, <laughs> it took me probably a couple of months from start to finish. Uh, I would say maybe roughly two months, two and a half months or so um, from when I actually started planning the campaign and, uh, you know, starting writing out the, the listing or the, the project text and everything and the, preparing the video and all that. Uh, and of course, getting the press and the media. I recommend to anyone to, to, who are doing this to start early and start a couple of months ahead because it's going to take time. Uh, don't don't try to rush things and get things done in a week or two or <laughs> think you're going to have success because it's it really takes some time to get things set up properly, uh, looking just right, and um, you know have a good video, get some good um, press and, and, and attention beforehand. It really, really, really pays off in the end to to do the preparation and take some extra time. It's better to spend that extra month if you have to than uh, trying to rush it out. You know. Hmm. I see. And when when you launched, uh, what what were the strategies? What what were the strategies to? What were, can you give us some strategies and tactics around getting press? Okay. So what I did, uh, Mike, is I like I said, I started uh, a couple months ahead, and I. Um, uh, the thing, the reason I did that was because I wanted to build some buzz around it ahead of time and, and to build a mailing list oh, so that I, I knew that when the day came for me to you know, push the launch button, I would already have, uh, you know, interest from people, uh, in my mailing list who, you know, people who are actually interested in this thing and wanted to hear more about it. 
Um, and to do that, I uh, sent out a, a press release. Um, I uh, worked pretty hard on building a list of uh, blogs and uh, you know YouTubers and uh, news sites and tech sites, and I try to contact all these sites um, to see if they would you know mention the product or at least look at it. You know, ask them for their opinion, ask if they would um, maybe you know mention it on their site or on their YouTube channel or whatever. And um, through there, I, through through all those um, sites that I found, of course, most of them don't answer you. They, you. You can't expect them all to answer you because there's a lot of sites out there. That you, they get a ton of requests every day, and you don't want to be too pushy with them. But mm. you do get some people who respond. You get you know you get get a response here and there, and, and slowly but surely, you can build up a list of people who've seen your video. At, at the end of your little, you build a little teaser video, and you can say, hey, you know, do you want to learn more about this product? Go here and sign up for your our email list. And uh, eventually, you'll have a you know good sized list that you can uh, you can actually email out uh, you know day or two before your campaign starts. You can say, hey, you know we're launching on you know Tuesday. Uh, get ready to you know back us on Kickstarter or whatever. That way, you can get a much better launch for you know when you when you go. If you don't do that, I mean it's going to be much tougher to if you don't have anything built up ahead of time. I mean you're gonna. <laughs> you're i mean there's ways to do that probably you can probably try to build some uh quick traffic with you know paid advertising or something like that but uh mm. i would think that's a bit more hard I mean, a bit harder to do that and it requires much more money too to get a good start that way so yeah i hope that answers um, your question yeah yeah no that's a great one um i'm curious are you able to share how big of a list that you built beforehand um it was you know, several hundred uh, subscribers, less than a thousand, but it was, uh, it was a good few. Yeah, I had a good chunk of the subscribers on there. Um, and of course, they started sharing with their friends, and and on, I encouraged them as well to to share um, any links and videos we had through you know their social media. So people started posting it on their Facebook and their Twitter and and stuff like that. So you know, once you have people who are genuinely interested in your product, they'll be you know. They're eager to share with their friends too. You know, so check this out. Have you seen this? You know, this stable campaign, and they'll post that on their Facebook, and and that it kind of snowballs from there, and you get start getting more signups and more signups. Same thing with you know, once you get mentioned on a few uh, blogs or uh, news sites, or after a press release, you'll start you you, you get picked up from more uh, channels here and there, and uh, and you get more attention. So that really really helps a lot. Hmm. I'm curious. So. Let's just um, rewind for a second. So you you started planning two months before yeah. you 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 went live. Yeah. And how long did you – so you, you created a teaser video. Yes, I did. And then, and then that teaser video you used to pitch and speak to influential bloggers, d- journalists, uh, tech, tech websites or the relevant blogs yes. and try to get PR – and then you you were driving them to a sign up form. Did you use yes. uh, like a Launch Rock or um... no? I, um, I actually built my own page because I have a background in, in in that. I've been doing that for many years. I've been doing uh, internet marketing and, and design and all kinds of stuff. And so I built my own landing page for that purpose. Um, that just had the teaser video on it and said, "Hey, do you want to learn more? Sign up here, and we'll send you more information. And you know, you can be one of the first to, to pre order." And also, I should mention too, one thing I did was that I had you know, a few dozen units built of my product. Uh, basically, I call them promo units, the promotional units that I had made for the single purpose of sending out to 
the most influential bloggers that I could find so that, uh-huh. you know, so let's say you have, you find a really, really good blog or, or a site that could be really good for you to, to create some buzz. I'd contact the owner or, or, or a journalist there and say, Hey, uh, I'll actually send you a unit if you're, you want to check it out. And maybe you, you know, maybe you want to write about it or mention it or something. <laughs> and uh, that really paid off too, because yeah, some of these guys would actually, you know, they'll get one from me and they'll, they'll talk about it and mention it. So that really helps too. If you if you can, if your product is one that you can send out, or maybe make a few prototypes, or make a few, you know, they don't have to be perfect. You can just say, well, hey, this is a prototype. It's not, you know, the full production model or whatever. But you know, keep that in mind. But here it is, and you know, check it out. That can really, really, you know, be great because they can get their hands on it and see and feel what you got going, and they can, you know, talk about it. So that's what I did. I had a few uh, units sent out to. Uh, to some of these uh, sites and um, yeah. Oh wow! So, okay, this is really interesting. So you had your massive list of influencers and people that had a, an audience that could potentially spread the word or had influence. And you, at what point in the two months did you pitch them and start pitching them? Uh, early on, I would say uh, started early with that because uh, I started building that list. You know, of uh, all these sites I could find. I tried to find. Okay, let's say you start out with like five sites that comes to mind, and and then you take each of those sites and you say, well, what other sites are similar to these? And you find similar sites, and then you get a bigger list. And let's say how now twenty or thirty sites. Then you go over the list again, and you can find even more <laughs> that are similar, and eventually you have like a list of you know one hundred fifty to two hundred sites that can be relevant. And you start going through them, and you find all their contact information. You find the names of uh, the writers or journalists or uh, contributors who are on those sites. And one by one, you contact them. Um, it's a bit tedious, but it, it'll pay off in the end to do that. You know, it, it takes time, it takes uh, patience, it takes persistence <laughs> to, to contact them. But, uh, you know, you only need so many. You, only, you don't have to have all those 200 sites to, to even respond to you. Even if you can only get, let's say, 10 or 15 of those sites to, to respond back to you, and maybe, you know, five or six or seven of them uh, you can send a product to, whatever, uh, that could be enough. I mean, because... One of those sites can be so big that it really, you know, creates a lot, a lot of um, attention. So, mm. um, yeah. So I'm curious how many, because um, I, I want to get specific. I hope that's cool with you. How many sites do you think you pitched? Uh, I have to think for a minute. I think we had about, uh, I want to say it's close to, over, well, maybe maybe around 200 sites, I guess, was on the list that we had for um to, to contact and then we went through them we probably got a response back from around oh maybe 60 70 of them responded and out of them again we sent out uh 15 or 20 i think units um to them because of course some of them are some of them were too um since i only had so many units i, I wanted to make sure they, the units that i had could be sent out to the most influential ones if you know mm, what i mean so yeah i didn't want to uh, "Quote unquote," waste the units to maybe a smaller site that didn't have that same reach. So I want to make sure that each unit would get as much reach as possible. Mm. So kind of handpick them one by one and say and, and see uh, what their reach was and you know, all that. So yeah, so if you if I start out with let's say two hundred approximately, if that's what I had, I can't remember exactly. But if it was two hundred and I sent out maybe let's say twenty units, then you know it's about ten percent of the. <laughs> The original list but um 
Yeah. Oh, look, it's like a sales game, right? It's a numbers game. Yeah, it is a numbers game, actually. It is, you know, just uh, persistence and uh, <laughs> just to stick to it. And of course, it helps if you have people to help you doing this. I did most of this myself. I had some people help me, but uh, if you if you have a team or if you have some people who can help you with it, you can you can grow an even larger list than I did. I'm sure you can do. You know, you could probably have a list of a thousand sites, and you can have a lot of bigger reach than uh, what I did. But uh, yeah. Yeah, no, that's interesting. You you say that if you have a lot of people helping you, you said had you had a few people. We for these two months, were you doing it pretty much five days? You know, nine to five, forty hours, fifty hours a week for those two months, or uh, not fully like that because I did have other projects going at the same time that I was trying to phase out. Uh, mm. So I wasn't. I wouldn't say I was full time on it, but uh, yeah, I did spend a lot of time every day on it. Um, every single day of the week, uh, so several hours. So, even though I wasn't full nine to five, maybe every day, it was um, it was close to that, maybe. <laughs> mm. And did you have a vir- like a virtual assistants help you with the emails, or, or what sort of help did you enlist? Yeah, I, I would recommend that uh, get a get a at least one, maybe more than uh, one virtual assistant to help you because you can find them on uh, you know Fiverr.com or Odesk.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can get you know reasonably priced uh, virtual assistants that can help you with this sort of thing. You can have them collect emails for you, you know, collect uh, contact forms and, and even you know their Twitter handles and whatever you need to get in touch with all these influencers. It would it really helps a lot to get that help, you know, to um, to to do that because you can only do so much on your own, and especially if you have. I mean, I know some people have a full day job and other things to do, and it's uh, it's a real real time saver to have help. Obviously, mm-hmm. yeah. Okay, so you know, this is great. You you're giving us a lot of good information, Eskil. Um <laughs> So you you st- you ha- you were generating buzz beforehand. You yeah. built a list, like a pre-launch list. Yep. And at at what period did did you know you were ready to go live? I just kind of felt. I mean, I, I um, as I was building the list, I had all those, um, uh, you know, got all this feedback and got all this uh, press. Started building uh, building the press. Then I also had in the meantime, I was also preparing the the, the Kickstarter page itself. You know, the project page, and and the video because the video is really really important. Um, to do as well. So when I had the video ready, and all the editing was done, uh, the voiceover was done, uh, the page was ready, and the, and of course the rewards because you have to set up the rewards as well, you know, to to um, to get all the pre- pledge levels uh, ready for the launch. When I had all those things done, I felt I just kind of felt it was uh, it was time, you know, to find a day and just uh, hit launch. So it was just kind of a gut feeling thing to um, to know when I was ready, I, you know. I got feedback from you know friends and family on the page. Uh, make sure everything looked okay and make sure the video looked good. Um, all that was in place, and uh, when I felt ready, I was ready. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. And I'm curious. You you mentioned you you hit that that list of influencers quite early on in the piece before you even launched. Yeah. Did you send them follow up emails and? And yeah, all sorts yeah. of things like that. Once you were launched, and that's when you they were starting to 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 cover you and and talk about and do blog posts and and get get you gain significant press. Or did you feel did you gain significant press beforehand? I gained significant press. I would say kind of early on. It's, it started early on because uh, one of the first things I did was to send out 
uh, press release, and that I would recommend doing that too. I mean, a lot of people knock uh, press releases these days and say, well, press releases are worthless and blah, blah, blah. But I don't really think so, <laughs> at least. They, they do serve a purpose. And uh, in, in my case, and I've heard other people say too, that for, for a crowdfunding campaign, it, if you just do a press release, and it doesn't have to cost much. I mean, they can you can get them as cheap as like $75. Uh, where? On where? Uh, yeah. There's a site called um, onlinepr.news.com. Uh, it's one. Uh, there's prweb.com. I'm not sure what their prices are at the moment. Um, they range from anywhere from 75 to 100 to 200 dollars and up, but it depends on you know how how serious you want to get. But um, yes, yeah, you know it's not not too bad. I mean, for a little investment, you can have a lot of um, you can get a lot of attention that way from some fairly big sites. You know, they they pick you up if your if your press release is uh, is well written. So, and if you if you're not comfortable writing a press release, you can always have someone uh, help you with that too. You can get someone again on these uh, freelance sites to uh, to uh, write out uh, you know good wording and press release that sounds good and uh, will be um, tempting for a, a new site to pick up. So, I would recommend doing that fairly early on. And as far as your question about my mailing list, I yeah I actively uh, sent out uh, follow ups and updates throughout the. This two-month period before the launch, I sent out you know a little, uh, a couple more videos here and there. Sent out you know more, some more pictures we've taken and some more interesting facts and stuff you can do with the product. And, mm. and um, even had we had a little survey going, you know, for a price survey what people thought they would want to pay for the product, stuff like that, just to keep people interested along the way and you know to, to build up the momentum to the um, to the final launch so that people are they stay interested and they don't drop out. You know. That's really important. Yeah, yeah, no. So you you were you were nurturing your audience and letting them yes. know, giving them updates, and, and keeping right. them in the loop since since you started uh, exactly. on this. Yeah, okay. And when you said you sent the press release, did you send it before your campaign went live or afterwards? Well, it was before. It was uh, way before. Yeah. Oh wow! See, this is really interesting because generally people usually do this stuff just before they go live, or during yeah i could have done that too and i thought about it but i just i just did it my own way i guess i just did it <laughs> i did it very early on and like I, I think it was a month and a half or two months before i launched that's when i sent my press release out and and that's actually how i got picked up by a lot of these sites because they found out they, they, they saw the product they saw the video they saw the pictures and they and it started spreading from there uh, because of my press release and um, also because i of course took the initiative to contact many of these sites myself but yeah, again, I just start early with this stuff, and uh, and of course, I mean, it wouldn't hurt to do another press release the day of your launching, or even during, like you said. I'm sure that could even help you more, but um, I didn't do that. But yeah, a lot mm. of things you can do, I'm sure. Interesting. And at what stage during the campaign did you hit your goal? Because you've almost, yeah, you've almost you've almost yeah. tripled it. It was, I think, I've, I think no, it quadrupled was, it. Sorry. <laughs> it was less than a week, I think, uh, because we had a goal of thirty-five thousand dollars, and uh, we find that the final funding was one hundred twenty-three thousand and two hundred. So um, I think we reached the full funding within—I want to say it was four or five days. I can't remember exactly, but it was just a few days. Mm. So all all the hard work had already been done by the time you launched. 
Yes, it was really quick. It happened really quick once we launched. Because, and again, that comes back to the mailing list to have that list of um, people who are genuinely interested in your your product. And the day you launched, they're you know they're ready to go. They're ready to order. So, <laughs> so wow. once you hit that, you know, once you hit that send button, you send out that email the morning of your launch, then boom, there you go. It's, it's a big rush of orders and uh, a rush of interest right there. So that really boosts your um, your campaign and also. What it also does is when you get a rush of uh, um, visits to your project like that, it also makes you more visible on Kickstarter's website, the Kickstarter.com website, because they'll feature they'll they'll feature your uh, your project in certain categories. And, you know, it could be like the, you know most popular of the day or the top picked project or whatever for uh, you know for the day or whatever. So that helps to do to get a kind of a rush of um, a traffic like that. Ah, I see. So you you were actually featured by Kickstarter. Yeah, not on the front page though, because I know some projects get on the front page, and that's really really good if we can get there. Mm. Uh, I don't think we were on the front page, but we were, we were in. Um, I think we were in. Uh, uh, I forget, but I think they have like a the, you know the category for technology or um, I forget what it's called. You can look it up, but they, basically they have different subcategories, obviously, and we were featured there uh, for a short time, I believe. And uh, after that, we were also in, um, I forget what they call it, I'm sorry, but it's like top performing or top, uh, you know, most interesting or something like that, that mm. they have. So, yeah, that will help you too. Okay, so so what I'm really hearing is you've developed a, a really powerful, highly targeted list before you went live and then you've used that list to really give it a good kick. Yes, correct. Uh, yeah. I see, oh, that's, this is really interesting. And... I'm curious, what other advice would you give? Are you able to give two to three general tips that you would recommend to those looking to run a successful campaign? Because we've covered a lot, but I was wondering if there was anything else. Um, yeah, I think we talked about a lot about the you know preparation and all that. That's uh, generally the tip I tell people to pre- prepare ahead of time and all that. But we, we already talked about that. So the other tip I would say is to, to make really really make sure that you have a really good looking project page and a really good looking video that uh, captures people's attention and it's interesting because you'd be surprised how many people will drop out of a video if it's not interesting within you know the first thirty seconds or a minute. So <laughs> if you, if you have a three or four minute video, you want to make sure that the first I would say thirty forty seconds of your video should really have all the, your most important selling points all the all the all the benefits of your product should be in the first 30 seconds of your video right right up front uh, don't spend too much time you know dwelling on details in the beginning of the video you know don't don't put a uh, you know too fancy long intro on there just get to the point quickly and you can always elaborate on the points later in the video but make sure that it captures their attention really quickly and uh, so people want to keep watching for another two or three minutes because your video is really what's going to sell your your project, um, and of course the page itself. I mean, you have to have good photos and pictures. Uh, you have to good have a, a good sales copy. I say sales copy, but that's basically what it is. If you're familiar with sales and marketing, uh, it's <laughs> it was referred to as sales copies. You know, essentially uh, how your page is written. What you know, what kind of language are you using? What what kind of text and words and bullet points are you using are you using paragraphs uh, are you spacing your paragraphs correctly are you using good headlines stuff like that so me coming from a background i have a background in online marketing so that was really beneficial for me 
Now, some people might not have that background, but I would suggest um, reading up a few books on, uh, you know, the basics of marketing. Uh, one book is called um, Cash Advertising. Uh, it's really, oh, what really. What was that? Sorry. It's called Cash Advertising. Cash. C-A-S, uh, S is a dollar sign. <laughs> uh, oh. H-V-E-R-T-I-S-I-N-G. Cash Advertising. Oh. That's a really good book on, you know, basic stuff on, on sales and marketing that uh, can help you write your headline in your in your text in your in your crowdfunding page so it's really important to have a good page that tells people what the product is what what's what are the benefits uh how is it going to help them um and why do you need the, their help you know why do you need funding in the first place i mean are you looking for funding to manufacture are you looking for just uh, to see if this is a viable product just be honest and tell people what you're after and um and let's not forget too the rewards. You have to have some good incentives for people to even, you know, pledge. Because um, in my case, I had a product that people could basically pre-order, um, so that was a good incentive for people to to um, to back the project because they they wanted the product itself. So at a certain level, when they pledged a certain level, they would actually get the product. If they go to higher levels, they would get the product and you know some accessory that was useful to them. That still had to do with, uh, you know, camera or photography somehow. Uh, I would suggest doing some research on good rewards, uh, not just your random, you know, T-shirt or whatever. But I mean, that could be good too. But uh, if you have good rewards that are actually some things that people want, then that, that can help you drive more um, pledges or make people even more more likely to get the higher level pledge uh, rewards too. You know. Okay, and when. You mentioned that uh, there was another book that you would recommend. Well, there's a few books. There's many books on advertising and, and marketing. Um, I could probably send you a few links. I can't think of uh, the authors' names and the actual exact titles at the moment. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah, if you could, that would be great. Yeah, yeah, I can send you that uh, in an email. So, sure. Awesome. And um, were there any other recommendations you have around? driving exposure to the crowdfunding page um, covered yeah. there are some other ways i mean there's a, a few things i did try to along during the campaign was to drive some traffic to it with um, with uh, pay-per-click so i did some brief uh, campaigns on um, reddit you know, reddit.com yes 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 it's fairly uh, fairly cheap uh, and can be really targeted too if you if you do it correctly Reddit is a really interesting platform. They have a, their own pay-per-click platform. It's a little different than you know, like Google AdWords or Facebook ads, but uh, mm-hmm. uh, they have a lot of interesting, you know, um, subreddits or subcategories that you can target. Um, so you could say, let's say you have a technology product, you can go target uh, technology the category or subreddit, for example, or you can target movies or you can target music depending on your product, and um, that way you can get a lot of uh, not just you know traffic but you can also get a lot of input from people because people will comment on your ad and say hey you know <laughs> uh, <laughs> your product is uh, is is weird or is something looks uh, can i do this for the product does it work with my camera or whatever so you'll get a lot of feedback that way too mm. um but anyway yeah you can experiment with a lot of if, if you can afford it if in there's Pay traffic obviously costs money, but if you can afford to spend some money on pay traffic, I mean, there's Facebook ads, there's Google AdWords, there's Bing ads. There's you know, there's no limit to how much you, 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 traffic you can drive if you have the money to pay for it. 
So, um, yeah, I mean, other than that, there's, of course, social media. I mean, Facebook, uh, Instagram, Pinterest, Twitter, all these platforms are uh, are out there that, um, uh, again, if you have the time and, and the resources to do all that, and uh, by all means, do that because everything helps, you know. Do you, do you find that it was pretty effective via Reddit uh, and you it's something you definitely would recommend or...? Well, for me, uh, I probably started that a little late in, in the campaign, and I didn't really have that much time to to do much testing on it uh, to see the results. And the other thing is that you can't really measure results too well with Kickstarter. Mm, yeah, I don't that's know, so but, true. Yeah, I don't know too much about Indiegogo if they have a better <laughs> way of doing that, but it was a little hard to tell exactly how many. Obviously, the, the traffic came there, but you can't tell for sure if how many people pledged or backed you in any way from that. So it was it's kind of like a gamble to see in the return on that, how much return you're getting on the, on your dollar. But again, if, if you can afford it, if you want to just send the Russian traffic to your, your project, um, I'd say go for it. If, if, you, if you're on the budget and you want to save money, maybe there's other ways to do it instead of that. Uh, just be a little careful what you uh, what you spend if you, if you don't want to uh, risk uh, <laughs> too much on it because uh, it can get spendy if you you know have a pay-per-click campaign set to run for many days or weeks obviously yeah and that, that, that's right like it could be quite counterintuitive because yeah you're trying to raise money to right. to to fund a project but then exactly. you're putting a lot of money into getting people to raise it <laughs> exactly yeah so, so yeah um <laughs> Any any advice on on what you think you should cap the budget at when it comes to to a project, like any any Kickstarter, Indiegogo, crowdfunding project? Um, you you mean as far as uh, funding goal? Yeah, that's really hard to say. I mean, it really it really depends on I think the product and and the market you're after too. I mean, it's uh, it can be anything from a big number to a small number. But um, I think a good place to start is just to kind of see how much you sit down with a pen and paper and, and calculator and see how much you really actually would need to start manufacturing your product. And uh, of course you have to factor in also, you know, how much is it going to cost you to get all the rewards you've set up and how much is it going to cost you to ship them all out? Let's say, you, you know, you get hundreds or even thousands of pre-orders <laughs> and they're from all over the world. I mean, it's going to cost you quite a bit to ship them out too, you know, and, uh, and um, yeah, what's it going to cost? as a total and of course kickstarter takes their percentage out too and uh if you have a spreadsheet or something like that this that's what i did i took a spreadsheet and i set up a little uh a little kind of like a budget basically and you know so i could see and the total number i would need as a minimum and i kind of reached a for me it was like thirty-five thousand uh, that i would need for at least small production a number to be run i mean for someone else that could be hundred thousand or you get 500,000 depending on the product. I mean, some products are expensive to make and and they could be heavy to ship and all that. So um, it really, really depends on your what you're doing, you know? Mm. You know, that's a good point. Um, that's actually I something I haven't touched on with people before and the budget and, and making sure the numbers match up. But I'm, I'm sure that's pretty basic stuff, right? Yeah, it, just set up a spreadsheet. I mean, it doesn't, uh, doesn't take too long to do it. You just set up a basic spreadsheet, you know, look on your... What you, what your cost going to be? What your rewards going to cost? And shipping all that, and then uh, just uh, deduct what uh, Kickstarter is going to take out. And Amazon Payments, of course, with Kickstarter is they have a partnership with Amazon Payments, so that uh, Amazon Payments take out a roughly uh, approximately five percent also. So 
about 10% of the money you get will um, go away to, to, to them. You know? Oh, wow. Yeah. So they have to, you have to figure that in in your calculation when you figure out the total number uh, of dollars that you will end up with. Yeah, geez. Yeah. Yeah, that, yeah. that definitely adds up. Yeah. Okay. Um, look, we have to work towards wrapping things up, Eskil, but uh, this has been fantastic. One last question. What, what has been your biggest struggle with this campaign? Um, yeah, I didn't have too many struggles, I would say, but um, one, a couple of things that were a little frustrating. Uh, uh, I guess one thing was a little frustrating was that uh, near the end of the campaign, I had the opportunity to um, <laughs> to get a TV interview with um, the local ABC affiliate in the state I lived in at the time was Washington State, and so um, I was really wanting to get on that uh, on the the newscast to, to, of course, talk about my campaign while it was still going. Mm. Well, sadly, we couldn't uh, get that arranged uh, in time uh, before the campaign ended, and so I, you know, kind of missed out an opportunity there to to get a, a to bigger exposure. But um, uh, if there's anything to learn from that, I would just say, you know, try to stay on top of things at all times, um, stay persistent. Um, if you have to lose sleep at times, skip a night's sleep. Just do that. <laughs> oh wow! Um, I mean, I I slept most nights, but you know, it's. Uh, you you have thirty days to uh, to work hard and uh, you know to, to do whatever you can to to get press and uh, and uh, build the momentum. So uh, of course you have to stay in touch with the backers too because they'll ask you questions during the campaign that you have to uh, you know answer them and uh, and uh, send out updates during the campaign on on how things are going. So prepare to uh, to work a lot, but it'll pay off <laughs> too. Yeah, no, <laughs> yeah, that was that was great advice. Well, look, um, look, I just wanted to say thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me, Skill. You've been really, really instrumental. We've got a, it's, it's funny, um, you know, I've spoken to at least eight or nine successful crowdfunding campaigners and, yeah, every single person uh, gives us something a little bit different. And, oh, yeah? Uh, yeah, no one, no one mentioned around uh, the pre-launch and uh, really, really, really loading up the email list. I think that, that that's oh, yeah? just yeah, it just <laughs> makes so much sense now that you say it. Yeah, that's uh, interesting that no one's mentioned that before. It's uh, <laughs> maybe it's to, to me as a marketer. I can you know I come from the background of marketers, so to me that was kind of a natural thing to do. Uh, I just didn't think much of it. It was just to me it was just like I felt like I had to do that. So yeah. Yeah, no, that that's brilliant, and it makes so much sense because yeah, you, you you're building up a really highly targeted list of, of of potential customers, and then yeah, what you've got the scarcity around it because you've got the the um the countdown timer with the paid the campaign page, and yep. yeah, it just uh it just makes so much sense. Um, so yeah, no, thank you, thank you so much. Oh, my pleasure. It was it was fun. Hey guys, I hope you enjoyed this interview. As you might already know, our mission at Founder is to help tens of millions of people every single week with our content, either start or grow their business, which is exactly why we're partnering with world-class founders such as Damon John, Alexa Von Tobel, Greta Van Riel, and so many more to teach crucial skills such as negotiation, finance, e-commerce, and so much more. So if you'd like to get access to these free exclusive trainings, please go to founder.com forward slash free. These are 100%. We go super in depth on teaching a particular topic, and I know that you're going to love them if you enjoy this podcast. So just go to founder.com forward slash free. 
All right, guys, I'll see you in the next episode.